and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Spring is really taking a hold in the UK at the moment. The sun is out, it's warming up, it's a lovely time to get out and sit in the garden, and a perfect weather for fairies. Now we have a really rich history of fae in the UK, but this week we are looking at fairies of another culture, and even religion. Yes, we are talking about the Perry this week. Perries are generally described as humanoid beings with fairy-like wings that are exceptionally beautiful and benevolent. They are not like European or English fairies though, and they're very much considered to be human-sized rather than the minuscule ones you're most likely picturing. They also don't have the elvish features either, they just kind of look like normal people with wings, if that's a thing I suppose. They lived in the mountains and valleys of ancient Persia, which is now considered Iran, but the empire spanned as far as Greece and Egypt in its heyday in the 6th century BCE, so they do have their influence throughout those countries as well. Peris are usually female, however can appear as male on occasion, and are often depicted wearing feminine style clothes. They can be born, as well as made within folklore, and are considered the children of watchers. Watchers are Islamic angels, and they would mate with actual fairies. There is another argument that they are born of fallen angels and fairies, making them a much more neutral creature, but this is very limited in terms of research and publication that I could find. The other theory of their creation is that they were created by Allah, the Islamic god, to counteract their evil counterpart, the Div. These evil creatures will have their own episode at some point, but the summary is that they are kind of like ogres or giants who ate humans. The Div hunt the Peri and lock them in iron cages, which is highly toxic to fairies in most cultures. They believe that the Peri are not confident in themselves enough to rebel against humans and their perversions or sin, which is why they hunt them down. Because of this ideology though, Peris are not allowed to enter paradise until they atone for their penance which is basically just allowing humans to live as sinfully as they like, with no repercussions. The Peri were also not originally described as benevolent. They were originally classed as mischievous and were very often considered the good type of jinn, another Persian and Islamic monster that we covered last year, the actual name for a genie. Peris would punish humans who wasted resources or disrespected the mountainous locations they called home and sometimes they would even abduct humans, just for the fun of it, much like the traditional western fairies, such as changeling kind of ideologies. However, we do have some good traits with them. They are considered to help women with miscarriages in some Chinese traditional tribes, and in Pakistani traditional culture, such as within the Ko people, they can cast love spells, and someone amongst them is called the Peri Khan, or Master of Fairies, who can utilise these better than anyone else. Lastly, they can actually fall in love with humans too, marry and have children with them, but in turn they become mortal for the time being. This is also very undue in Islamic law, if you marry a Peri it's kind of seen as a sin. 
The mortal must also take and hide the wings from the peri, which apparently are detachable. However, much like our beloved Selkies and most recently the Fossigrimmon from last week, if there is any conflict in the relationship or they find their hidden wings, they'll regain them and leave their family for good. It's even said that the Queen of Sheba, or Bilkis, was the child of a peri and a human, and the relationship of her parents also failed due to this. Now, onto etymology. The word peri comes from the Middle Persian word pari, which is derived from the Old Persian verb par, meaning wing. However, the more interesting part of this is that the English word fairy has its origins within this, as in Arabic there is no letter P, and therefore when Arabic replaced Persian, peri became fairy. This was then introduced to the Crusaders and brought to Europe and the Western world. Fun fact, right? And just to add on to this, there was also the Latin verb fato, meaning to enchant, and in French this became fair, and the noun fairy became this, meaning illusion. So it's a bit of both really, definitely inspired by both terms, but a very interesting etymology this week. I think it's super tasty, I really enjoyed this one. In terms of history though, it is a little dicey in terms of timelines I'm afraid. What we do know is that they were first introduced in the epic poem Sharnama, or the Book of Kings, by Persian poet Fadosi between 977 and 1010 CE. They were brought in as an avatar of the divinity Sarush to warn Kayumars, the first man and his son, of the threats posed by a being called Ariman, or the first version of the devil. Eventually, Kayumars has an army of peris against the devil and seemingly defeats him with them. And in a later part of the poem, a princess is referred to as peri-faced, as she is wearing a veil. Now, it's still debated whether the word peri can be used as a word for disguise or for being hidden from this too. Now, I talk about Persia like it's a very ancient thing, but it was actually only renamed to Iran in 1935, if you can believe it. The Persian Empire itself was brought down in 330 CE, but Iran continued to call itself Persia until the 1930s. So I know I said that they had their heyday in the 6th century, which is 500 BCE, but this is just when the empire was at its absolute biggest, and it only really began in 559 BC, because remember, it goes backwards. I am sorry, it gets really confusing because times are wild before the start of actual year tracking. It's a whole cowboy world out there, I'm sorry for the confusion, it's just how it is. Interestingly though, there are European presentations of Perry's, such as the Irish poet Thomas More's poem Paradise and the Perry, where a Perry gains entrance to heaven after three times of being denied because they did not bring the right gift for God. Now an important part here is that the Perry is an Islamic rooted creature and this story is Christianized. This is not my doing, this is just what it was, so please note that God is the Christian God in this sense and I'm not calling him Allah on purpose. Now the first gift they try is a drop of blood from a soldier who was killed after an assassination attempt on the founder of the Iranian Ghaznavid dynasty. The second, a sigh stolen from the dying lips of a woman who died of plague with her lover rather than live without him. The last, a tear of an evil man who repented when he saw a child playing in the Temple of the Sun in Baalbek, Syria. This apparently did the trick, and the Perry was finally admitted. Hooray! 
This poem was actually transferred into a beautiful orchestral piece by Robert Schumann in a German version too. You can find copies of this and you can also view it on YouTube. It is a bit long, it's about an hour and 40 minutes, but it is really beautiful as an opera set. Now, on to modern media. There's not much in regards to Perry's in particular this week, but I'll cover some fey folk that are similar and make a point of presenting the actual Perry ones separately. For art though, there's tons of classic art around these monsters specifically. However, most of them don't have artists or ages linked to them. Some of them don't even have names. So I will try my absolute best to tell you. So have a look at Perry flying with cup and wine flask by Sakulu. Perry holding a unique animal from the 19th century. There is also, as mentioned, the German Paradise and the Perry musically. The French ballet La Perry the Gilbert and Sullivan operetta Ionthe, or the Pier and the Perry 2 for some classic art, but in an entertainment form that doesn't really fit our other categories. In movies, we have The Adventures of Prince Ahmed for actual Perrys. Then for more fey films, check out The Secret of Kells, Maleficent, Sleeping Beauty, Song of the Sea, Spirited Away, Pan's Labyrinth, Labyrinth, Peter Pan, Shrek, Strange Magic, Wizards, Hellboy, Barbie Fairytopia, Barbie A Fairy Secret, Barbie Presents Thumbelina, X-Men First Class, Fern Gully The Last Rainforest, The Dark Crystal, Fairy Tale A True Story, and Willow. For TV, we have Very Perry for Actual Perry, then we have Berserk, Digimon The Ancient Magus's Bride, Fairy Cube The Dark Crystal, Soul Eater, Dorarara, Nazuverse, Carnival Row, Lost Girl, Charmed, The Other Kingdom, Shadowhunters, The Magicians, Merlin, Once Upon a Time, Supernatural, The Haunting Hour, Gargoyles, Fairly Odd Parents, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, The Witcher, The Owl House, Winx Club, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch. In video games, we have ones such as Wildflowers for the Perry. I really recommend this game as well, it's so good but others include Fate slash Grand Order, The Elder Scrolls, Tomb Raider Chronicles, World of Warcraft, Undertale, Unavowed, Pathfinder, Kingmaker, Wizardry, Lusternia, Dragon Quest, King's Quest, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, Zanzara, The Hidden Portal, Dungeon Keeper, Atelier, Fairy, Legends of Avalon, Eternia Senna, Incursion, Two Who Project, Runescape, Tactics Ogre, Terraria, Folklore, Arena of Valor, Fire Emblem, Heroes, Songs of Conquest, The Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy XIV, Panel de Pont, Rayman, Tale of Two Kingdoms, Shin Megami Tensei, Fae, Rune Factory, Dragon Age, Rift, Quest for Glory, Bravely Default, and Pokemon. My book recommendation this week is Encyclopedia of Fairies in World Folklore and Mythology by Teresa Bain for a great selection of fae and fairy stories from across the world. Or you can look more into Persian and Islamic mythology, in Persian Myths and Legends, Tales of Heroes, Gods and Monsters by J.K. Jackson and Dr. Saba Shayani. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? I don't know about this one. I think fairies are generally a bit tricky because they are so universally loved and actually believed in a lot of the time. The Perry specifically is a great one because it's so unique in the idea that this is a story within a religion 
and an ancient society that no longer technically exists. I do like the idea of a fairy who just refuses to give in to the demands of a higher power by turning their backs on humans and their sins. It's super rebellious and I super respect it. I also really like that they have this whole swan princess thing of being trapped by a mortal marriage until they find the item that releases them. I really do love these kind of stories alongside selkies and everything like that. Whilst feeling really bad for the victim creature in all of these types of myths, but I just find them so intrinsically interesting. A personal story with fairies that I will share because it's sweet. Not with Perry's for me, because I grew up in the UK. It was that my aunt, when we were children, we used to have this thing called fairy power. So when we go to bed, she would read us a story and then she'd kind of poke on our backs and tell us the colour and shape of our fairy wings. Me and my sister absolutely love this until we were probably way too old to have this done, but it's still a really fond memory and why I still love fairies and everything fae to this day. But what do you think? Did fairies roam the earth? Let me know on Twitter, I would really love to know what you think about this one. But I thought this was a really interesting monster this week. I love touching on something different and finding out how similar they are to other monsters from other cultures and religions with very little interaction throughout the ages of these two separate entities. It really fascinates me and satisfies something in me. I'm not sure what it is exactly. Next week though, I've got a surprise for you. We're doing a surprise special. This is because it's officially our 100th episode next week, if you can believe it. I can't. It should really be an event, so I've made it one. Next week, we are doing something very different, and we are technically looking at a singular myth from a singular hero's catalogue, but focusing on the monsters noted throughout and going for a deep dive with the monsters of Heracles. Now make sure that you're invoking that demigod feeling next Thursday, and thank you for sticking around for 100 episodes. It's really appreciated, and I hope you're having as much fun as I am. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at MythMonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods, Buy Me a Coffee, and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes.